monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan, some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Hello and welcome to the Bride of the Creature podcast with me, the creature Joey G. And joining me, as always, is the cutest podcaster in town, the the bride, Nicole. Hello. How are you, love? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm real good. You want to know why I'm so good? <laughs> why? Because we watched a doozy of a, of a film. A doozy a of doozy. a film. A doozy. It was a doozy. I would call it a doozy. A toozy. <laughs> Do- What's the poop word? I think that's enough. I don't think you need to say anything else. Uh, well, anyway, let's not bury the lead any further. Or maybe we'll bury the lead a little bit further. Also, in this episode, we have a special guest interview with a special guest. You'll hear all about that shortly. But first, Ooh. let's get into the meat. The meat, potatoes, and viscera, and gunk, and all the sloppy stuff that splishes around between your toes. and. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's let's have a listen to the trailer for Brian Yezda's 1989 satirical body horror masterpiece, Society. For Bill Whitney, I've never been paranoid. Fear plays a large part in family life. I feel like something's going to happen, and if I scratch the surface, there'll be something terrible underneath. He's afraid his sister. Could you zip me up, Billy? Is not what she seems. God, Bill, what's the matter with you? He thinks his friends are out to get him. Make waves with you, you're gonna drown. People are what they are. Now you have to learn to accept that. He's about to find out the truth. <laughs> so why, why are you guys doing this to me, huh? What, you've been living with these people all your life and you didn't know anything about this? It's far worse than he could ever imagine. If you don't follow the rules, Billy, bad things happen. Didn't you know the Billy boy? The rich have all sucked off low-class scum like you. Uh-oh, guy. Clarissa? It's so intense. Now, some people make the rules, and some people follow the rules. It's a question of what you're born to. You never were one of us. <laughs> You know, you really deserve what's going to happen to you. I, I don't think so. Wait. Can't you see they're setting you up for something? You know how I hate to give you drugs. You're officially dead. Don't go home, Billy. No, 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 no. Bill Whitney is about to become one. Showtime, Billy! With society. <laughs> Who are you? Let me give you a hand, Bill. <laughs> In Beverly Hills, what you fear is only the beginning. Anything for society. <laughs> okay, stop that. All right, all right, all right. That's enough. You're going to get carried away that and was, you throw up. That was me pretending to throw up. Oh my gosh, are you serious? I had no idea. You're, like, you're right, though. I probably will start actually yeah, kicking if I continue. So, Nicole, do you want to describe the plot of this movie before I do it for real? I do. All right, do it. All right. This was a terribly bad 
80s movie with bad 80s haircuts and bad 80s acting. It was really boring in the 80s. And at the end, it was just super gross and stupid. Thank you, Professor Nicole. When did you get your PhD in film studies? This is what I'd like to know. In uh, high school. In high school, yeah. I remember you took a film studies class <laughs> in high school and you I watched did. The Wall. I chose that one. I know. That's very deep of you. We got to watch Stand and Deliver and Maude Flanders and... You're putting me to sleep right Sorry. now. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so, for those of you who are actually interested in a real description of this movie and not a bullshit one from my lovely wife... Society is the story of Bill, who is worried that he's different from his sister and parents. They mix with the upper-class people while Bill is more down-to-earth. Even his girlfriend seems a bit odd. However, all is revealed when Bill returns home to find a party in full swing. Not for the weak of stomach. So really, it's a, it's a bit of a mystery film, basically. Uh, Bill feels that his parents are weird, and as the movie goes on, he just discovers more and more how weird they are before a grand, epic finale of of body horror grossness uh, in the last 20 minutes. Yeah, I guess it was a bit of a mystery. Yeah. But it was kind of boring to me. Okay. The way it was done. Like, the, the beginning was really interesting when he was at the psychologist's office and he was questioning if he was normal or if his family was normal and he had all these mixed feelings. That, to me, was interesting because I was asking, like, is he the normal one or are they the normal ones? Who's messed up here? And then after that, it just was him running around for way too long, confused, and not. it didn't really go anywhere. I didn't feel like the plot was being furthered mm. in those scenes. It, and then at the end, it was revealed, but it, nothing was revealed during, throughout those scenes. Well, I will agree that this probably goes on a bit too long before you get to the payoff, which is the big, disgusting, orgiastic finale. Uh, of just melting corpses and the rich literally feeding off of the poor and low classes and him discovering that he really is different and he's not really like them at all. So I, I agree that it meanders a bit too long and the mystery, while mildly interesting, is never that mysterious because there's never any doubt in our minds that he's not crazy and that these people really are weird monsters, right? Like, there's never really a moment where you think maybe they aren't weird, that maybe he is. Well, at the, that's why I think at the very beginning those questions are asked and then it becomes pretty apparent. Within about the first ten minutes you realize that, no, everything else is fucked up and he's he's the one who's actually more or less normal. Um, so, yeah, I, I see that criticism for sure. So then, like, by the time you get to the end, you didn't. I didn't even really care which way it went. Mm-hmm. No, I, I do see that. I think for me, really, the, if there's a major flaw with this movie, <clears throat> it's the tone of the first hour because it's it doesn't have a really complicated message. It's about the upper classes feeding off the lower classes, and at the end of the movie, we literally see the upper classes feeding off the lower classes. But I think the problem I have with it overall, if I had a problem, was it it's trying to have fun with it, and it's going for laughs, but it's not very funny is the problem. So it is trying to go for humor, uh, we found humor in the 80s. Well, yeah, it. we were laughing at the production design. But, I mean, the, the actual attempts yeah. at, like, the tone and the, the jokes and the dialogue and stuff were trying to be kind of funny. Uh, so, it, and the, the jokes don't really work at all. Pretty much none of them. And there's one character, this girlfriend's mom, who's, I think she's supposed to be funny. She's not. I don't understand why she's there. She's just like, like weird, like she's like sloth from the she Goonies. She totally is like sloth from the Goonies. And then she eats and she eats some and she keeps grabbing and eating hair. And you know how I feel. I know about how you that. feel about hair. Yeah. Just so I, I don't like that. But I think unlike you, 
for me, all that stuff that wasn't really working super well for me, like I, I liked the mystery well enough, and I actually didn't have a problem with the acting. I thought the acting worked pretty well for the the style and the tone they were going for. The kind of the over the top, um, everything is just slightly askew. Like you're looking through like a cracked lens or something at this world. So that stuff worked okay for me, but all the stuff that didn't kind of pays off for me because I think the last 25 minutes are excellent. The actual big gross-out scene at the end where he gets to this upper-class party and it's just this mess, mass of, of flesh and, like, putty and everything is they're literally, like, sucking the life out of people. Their and faces, like, kind of fall melt and, and suck stick together and people. And that's when I decided I really didn't like it. I, I think you're right. I don't like body gore. Or mm-hmm. what do you call it? Yeah, and it wasn't even really gore, but it definitely was sort of a gross out. But even that gross out, its tone was so silly and goofy and all kinds of dumb one-liners and stuff. Because I actually thought that worked better. Because it doesn't try to scare you at the end. It just tries to go for like the grotesquerie of it. Like a yeah. Ralph Steadman drawing. Yeah. Yeah, and but see, I now like you're confused because you like Ralph Steadman. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ralph Steadman, but I didn't like this. It just... That's, that's fine. It, maybe it was because it was mixed with humor. I would have preferred it just to have been scary. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, like like, I don't think it could have been things. scary, really. But yeah, I, the humor, I agree. It doesn't really make me laugh. It's not very funny. Yeah. But uh, it worked better for me than it did for you. And I really liked just the effects and the presentation of that final scene where everything has just completely gone off the rails. I'll agree that the effects are pretty cool because yeah, you know you it's not CGI'd. No. It's, but they actually did that kind of stuff. Yeah, but it's just clearly not your thing. No. Which is, it's fine, yeah. Um, like I say, the movie wasn't not perfect by any stretch, but those last 25 minutes are really something to see. So if you have any interest whatsoever in this in this genre, um, it's not going to hold up with like a David Cronenberg body horror movie, but it's definitely something I would watch the last 25 minutes of Or anyway. if you just want to make fun of 80s haircuts and 80s dress, the way they dress in the houses. I liked it. I like that stuff. I should grow a mullet. I'm kind of getting a mullet right now, hey? It's you are kind long, of. Eh? It's yeah. cool. I look awesome. Haha, uh-huh, 80s hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, love. Give me your, your your number out of 10. Let's hear it. One out of 10. Oh, one. Oh. I find I'm like either really like really extreme with my movies, like it, like all really high yeah. or low, just really low. <laughs> you are very manic. There's no way around that. Oh. I <laughs> Do I need to go to a doctor? No. Oh. Okay. Just need to shut up. <laughs> I'm I'm giving this one a six. I liked it a lot better than you, and the things that I liked about it, I liked a lot. But the first hour is pretty. It's a bit of a slog to get. It pays off for me at the end, but not enough that I'd say this is essential viewing. <clears throat> okay. Okay. We happy? Happy. All right, beautiful. Well, uh, as we hinted at in the beginning, we have for you a special interview with guest Mr. Will Wiley, who is a gentleman who's performing the sound and music for. A Madhouse Theater? Is that what their production company is called? Madhouse? I think it was Madhouse Theater. Well, we say it in the interview in a second, so you'll hear it again. At the Pump House Theater in Calgary, the performance of Night of the Living Dead, the stage play. And we're going on Friday night if anyone would like to join us. Well, you can't come with us, but you can also go. Why can't they come with us? I don't want to sit with other people. I just want to sit with you. Do you want to hold hands, too? No, I just don't want to have to make conversations. (laughs) It's hard enough doing this. (laughs) But yeah, so you'll get all the details here in a moment. And so let's uh, remind you next week we're doing the verses Night of the Living, not Night of the Living, Dawn of the Dead 78 and Dawn of the Dead 2004. Head to head, and we'll see which one's better. Should get lucky. the first one. Like by far. Uh, so yeah, we'll see you then, and we'll, let's go to the interview.
Okay, joining us here in the dungeon, which is the cool name I have for wherever we record, we're joined by Will Wiley. Hello. Will is doing the music for... Uh, well, why don't you tell us what you're doing, Will? I'm uh, doing the sound and uh, the effects for the Night of the Living Dead uh, theatrical production. Very scary. That's right. Yes, and so that's Night of the Living Dead theatrical production in Calgary, running from May 10th to May 18th at the Pump House Theatre. And we'll, we'll go over where they can get tickets and whatnot afterwards. Yep. But, uh, we thought we would talk to you a little bit because, you know, you're doing horror stuff. Yeah. We're big cool. horror fans. No. Really? That's why we do you're podcasts, Joey. No way. Are you serious? Is yes. that why we do this? That's why we do it. I thought it was because we needed to spend more time together. That's what you said. Oh. <laughs> wow. So, uh, okay, smartass, why don't you ask Will a question? <laughs> okay, I will. Go ahead, do it. Okay. So, I wanted to know how you got involved with this project. Um, well, I'm actually good friends with the uh, director of the play, who is uh, Roger LeBlanc, and uh, he's been working with Workshop Theatre for a number of years now, and uh, I also play music with him, and we've just grown to be really good friends um, over these last, I don't know, really only six to seven months or so, but uh, he asked me to do the sound um, based on some of the music that I've uh, written and recorded for um, myself, and you know, mostly for fun. But I also play in a in a two piece metal band, and we've been always making um, kind of chaotic music from the beginning. But at the same time, there's definitely a dark feel to it, and uh, you know, along with my love for for horror and uh, especially you know old zombie stuff as well. It just kind of seemed like the the right thing to do, That's and very cool. everything just kind of have has fallen into place since then. So I know that your band is you and a drummer. Yeah. Um, what's your band called? Uh, Ocullus. Ocullus. Yeah. Did I say it right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. And so is Ian a part of this too? Your drummer? No, uh, but the truth is actually uh, Ian and Roger are cousins, and I probably wouldn't have met Roger if I hadn't have met Ian. Oh. Okay. So in a way, I mean, we're we're just all really good friends, and you know, we jam together all the time. So in a way, he's involved, but not directly with any of the sound so on the play. So he's not playing the drums. No, we didn't really think there was room for for drums. So uh, what, what uh, musical instruments are you using? Um, it's mostly all done on my keyboards, and they're not exactly. Um, you know, high tech or anything like that. I've had them for about six years. Just a, a good old, uh, you know, two hundred fifty dollar Yamaha uh, keyboards, and they're great. I mean, I've I've written a lot of stuff on there, and uh, so I'm mostly using that and uh, some guitar as well, some electric yeah. guitar with uh, even just simple effects on the on the amp that I have. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like, there's really not much. Any other processing or or mixing or anything like that before it goes through the PA or anything like that. It's very raw and kind of primitive in that sense. It's all about atmosphere, you know. So it's kind of minimalistic at the same time as well. So the music's going to be live with the performance. Yeah, I think there will be room for certain things will have to be cued and ready to go. But I think it'll it'll almost be half and half, you know. Um, some of it I'll absolutely need to do live, just you know, to be in the moment and to play it in the moment. I think it'll be much more effective mm -hmm. in the execution and and you know drawing the audience in, but at the same time not uh, 
you know, not derailing them from the actual play and the dialogue and all that other stuff. So, Very cool. Yeah. You talked about your love of horror and that kind of music. Uh, were there any types of was there any specific music or even movie soundtracks you looked to for inspiration when when scoring this movie, this play? Um, you know, the funny thing is, I found actually is when I tend to uh, write dark music or or anything in a negative nature, I actually find it easier to do that when I'm not listening to that style of music. It's uh, I have to listen to the opposite. Really? Uh, yeah. and has got the wiggles going on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it works that way, um, but it just does for me. <laughs> and so, of course, the influence is there, uh, especially uh, like old uh, Dario Argento films. Uh, Goblin. And, you know, yes, yeah, Goblin. I wanted to do some of the really synthy kind of stuff with this, but mm -hmm. only to a certain extent because it's... N it's not exactly that, um, no. but the influence is there, and the uh, well, you're dealing with source material from the 1960s as well, so it that's might be right. a little place to have swirling Argento synth in the middle. Of this. Yes, even though it was only maybe 10 years yeah. later that that started happening, yeah. but We're coming to get you, Bowie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, the original film for Night of the Living Dead, you know, was uh, 68. 68. Yeah, so. Did you watch it's, the film? I've watched. Yeah, I've watched the film. That was going to be my next time. question. Did you watch it in preparation for? Um, sorry, should I still have a question? <laughs> I mean, obviously, you're dealing with it from the stage, so it's a different uh, adaptation of the material than the film. So it is, and you know, I think that's one of the. Uh, this is a little bit off topic, but uh, the magic of taking it from you know the '60s film and putting it on stage. It's been a challenge. I mean. I can only say so much for myself, but especially with making the dialogue interesting because as good as the film was, I mean, there's not a lot of very exciting dialogue. No, it's not really a dialogue piece. At all. No. So, um, you know, we watched it, the film, numerous times, especially for that, just to get an overall feeling. But, you know, how can we uh, kind of rearrange the dialogue in making the script? And then, of course knowing where to put pieces of music and effects in well, between. Well, that's what I was, was going to ask you next was about this particular adaptation. Uh, who wrote it? Like, who wrote this particular version you guys are mounting? Was it you guys? Was it Roger? Or? It was um, Roger. And, I mean, he, he has some help mm -hmm. f from um, numerous other people that he's worked with. Uh, but it's an original script. Uh, it is, but it has been, it has been altered okay. uh, to a, only to a certain extent. Uh, I think more so just to match the progression of the characters that mm -hmm. we have. It's an adaptation, so it's yeah, not, course, right? It's yeah. not word for word. But it's just how it should be. I mean, nobody wants to just go see the exact movie. Because so, you can't do that. It would be, it'll be disappointing no matter what. So you I think it would be disappointing as well. Yeah. I, I watched that movie so long ago. It, it Does it have aspects of humor in it? Not really. No? No. It's, it's very satirical, but no, not is especially. Is it black and white? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. And that's, I'm a little embarrassed that my co-host on Bride of the Creature doesn't remember <laughs> Night of the Living Dead. Did we watch that like back in high school? That's ages ago. I mean, and and our our people. listeners won't have watched it. So won't have watched Night of the Living Dead. No. People listening to a horror podcast won't have seen Night of the Living ask, Dead. Ask ask them on Twitter. They will say they have yeah. not seen it. Please tweet at us at Bride of Creature and tell Nicole she's out of her friggin' mind. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's have a spin here. Let's have a listen to one of the tracks. Want to introduce the track we're going to play? Um, yeah, and this is uh, you know pre-recorded, but uh, it does get kind of. I still improvise with it live, and uh, on this one, I think it's actually mostly guitar. Um, but again, it's it's meant to be strictly atmospheric, and uh, yeah, just kind of draw you in. All right, let's have a listen.
Cool. That was very that cool. That was very good. I can totally see the zombies yeah. circling in, man. I hope so. That was great. That's, sounds good. Um, so I was going to ask, while you were, or what stage of the play were they? Were you approached to make the music? Um, well, I think I really only missed out on like auditions for zombies and stuff like that. Uh, luckily enough, I, uh, you know, with my work schedule and everything, uh, it worked out that I was able to start doing. Uh, most of the rehearsals with them, uh, but I didn't go every single night because I, I felt like it would be good every now and then to just kind of uh, throw some of the music at them, but let them really uh, focus on their lines and um, you know the uh, you know some of the fight scenes and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I don't want to give too much away, but uh, I started out very early, and it was good that I had. You know, plenty of time. I had at least three months to really think about it. On um, your own. Yeah, and just record at home and, you know, throw stuff away and keep some stuff. So I've had plenty of preparation. So hopefully you'll be able to hear that. So how has the collaborative process worked with Roger? Has he had a lot of input on what you're doing? And how, how have you responded to the rehearsals? Yeah, it was all based on imagination from the beginning because we didn't have a full script. So I was pretty much just doing it from, you know, from scratch and, and just thinking of, of dark places, um, thinking of cemeteries and, uh, and cellars and, and those kinds of things and just wanting to make us a, a sound for that particular piece. But, I you know, once the script was done and, well, at least, you know, we had a version of it. It was a lot easier because I was able to go through it with Roger and just and just talk about it. That's really all. Like yeah. he, he didn't really sit with me at my keyboards. It was more so we just talked about it, you know. And like, what kinds of sounds would work in certain places? Yeah, and I mean, luckily Roger is such a creative person, and he's so inspirational and and motivational at the same time. So. I think he had trust in me that yeah. he didn't have to sit there and babysit, which is really, really nice. And, uh, I mean, it, it helped me, you know, so much to be able to just do it on my own. Awesome. Yeah. Well, if the play is anywhere as moody and atmospheric as that music, I think it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So the, the play is Night of the Living Dead, running May 10th to 18th at the Pump House Theater in Calgary. Uh, you can get tickets at the Pump House, or you can visit www.workshoptheater.org. Or you can phone for tickets at 403-278-3669. And we suggest that you do. Yes, please do. So thank you for your time, Will. Absolutely, thank you. Do you want to stick around and play a game? Absolutely. All right. So before we get to our game, it's time once again for Would You Rather. It's Joey's Would You Rather. It's my turn to play Would You Rather. And I'm going to go with a zombie-themed spin on an old classic. Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized zombies or one (laughs) zombie-sized duck? Nicole? Um, duck sized zombies. And it doesn't 100. have to be a duck zombie. Like It's not like a rotting duck. I think I'd rather go with the one big one. The one big duck? Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever looked at a duck? They're really weird looking. Like they'd, It would freak me out to see a big duck, duck that big. I think so. Wait, too. are they zombie ducks? Not necessarily. Just a giant <laughs> duck. The, the little ones are. They're, they're duck sized zombies. There's a hundred duck sized zombies and one zombie sized duck. Yeah, I'd rather do the zombie sized duck. Yeah. Well, 
Um, I wouldn't want to have to fight either of them, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, neither would I, but this is what you rather. <laughs> you, uh, the only way to win is to play. I'm going to go with the with the 100. 100 duck-sized zombies? Yeah, I think... They probably couldn't move that fast, right? And you could just kick them. Yeah, but it would be enough of them that they could swarm you. What, are they going to bite through your shoes? Then they're going to crawl up your leg. How could they, they swarm you? They're, they're, they're not like... They're I mean, Romero zombies. Yeah, I know. They could still so swarm you. So you just jog. Because think about it, like they're walking slow and their legs are only this long. So when they're walking slow, they're going to be like ants. They're not ants, they're ducks. I know, but they're still not moving very fast. Have you ever been chased? Could you run a race with a duck? Yes, yeah. I think you could, exactly. Yeah. But still, they could, a hundred of them, no, no, all in the same place. No, you're talking shit. No, they could you're swarm you. shit. They could swarm you. Yeah, maybe if you weren't paying that, attention. Ducks are nice. I don't know. They like to steal bread. So anyway, yeah, send in your responses for Would You Rather. Uh, you can send it to joey at brideofcreature.com or you can send it to just the uh, regular info at geekstampede.com or joey at geekstampede.com or you can tweet it to us at brideofcreature on Twitter or at Nicole Grzecki at Colonel Two Sheds for the two of us. So now it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show and by everyone I mean me. Not mine. It's time to play a little game that we like to call The Following is Based on a True Story. I'm going to give you four movie titles and synopses and it is your job to use your skill and judgment to determine which is the fake three of these are real one of these comes from I my imagination you do suck at this game but I like it maybe Will will be better yes we'll see so we'll see who wins will it be me will it be Will or will it be Nicole let's start off with movie number one family dinner a girl hitchhiking to Hollywood encounters a family of cannibals that captures, tortures, and eats runaways and drifters whom they have lured into their home. All right. Kind of like your standard Texas Chainsaw knockoff kind of exploitation yeah. movie. Number two, Tourist Trap. A group of young friends stranded at a secluded roadside museum are stalked by the owner of the place, who has the power to control his collection of mannequins. Whoa. Whoa. Number three... I know how many runs you scored last summer. What? A cricket team are dismissed. Dismissed. A cricket team are dispatched by a mustachioed serial killer with a razor sharp cricket glove and an arsenal of sharpened stumps. One by one, the killer exacts revenge for the torment he endured 20 years earlier. Wait, wait, what's this one called? I know how many runs you scored last summer. <laughs> and number four, Deathbed, the bed that eats. A bed possessed by a demon spirit consumes its users alive. So, use your skill and judgment. You can ask questions, and I'll see if I can give you any more What's information. What's the last one called? Deathbed, the bed that eats. That eats people. Basically, it's basically the title of the it's, movie. It's called the bed, Deathbed, the bed that eats. <laughs> okay, I, so we've got... I didn't write the movie. Family dinner. Or did I? <laughs> family dinner. Tourist trap. trap. I know how many runs you scored last summer. And, and deathbed. Deathbed. <sighs> Which one could I have come up with? The Casey, the cricket one is so ridiculous. That it has to be real, because I know you well enough. <laughs> the second one reminds me of something like Scooby-Doo. Tourist Trap? Yeah. I think I've heard of that movie. I don't know. I think that one's maybe real. You think that one's real? I yeah, no, so. I've heard of it, I think. Okay, so we have two that you think are real. At least two that might not be. But what if we, Will and I agree? How are we well, again? then you can both be right. Okay. <laughs> then you have to fight to the so death. So Family Let's Dinner and Deathbed. I think Family Dinner is the fake... You think family dinner? I think the fake. deathbed is too weird that it has to be real. So you think deathbed is real, Will? Um, 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree there. I think deathbed is real, and I, I think uh, you think I created family. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna disagree there. Okay. I, I think that one's real. I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I know how many hits you. That's the fake one. Uh, yeah, I know how many runs you scored last yeah. summer. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that one. All right, let's reveal the answer. So Nicole, you thought that family dinner was fake. Will you thought that I know how many runs you scored last summer was fake. Yep. Deathbed the bed that eats is a real movie. I thought so. Yeah. Tourist trap is a real movie. I know how many runs you scored last summer is a real movie. Which means that Nicole, for the first time, finally, has bested me. Family dinner is a movie of my own invention. Having said that, there's probably at least 13 movies that have that exact plot. But they're not called family dinner. (laughs) I'm so happy I never win. I know, I'm, I'm impressed. Yay. I'm very impressed. You should find a sound effect for me winning, because you always find a sound I know, effect for me losing. Have, no, it's because I don't have internet here. Oh. Bum, 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 bum. There you go. Yay. So that was it. So send in uh, all the stuff I said earlier. You guys can... Uh... So check out the play. It's yes, going to be absolutely. awesome. Tori and I are going on Friday if you want to come with two yeah, of the we'll coolest We'll do a Bride of Creature meetup. So like we said, yeah, check out workshoptheater.org or 278-3669 for tickets. Uh, I might as well mention here as well, there is a preview night, uh, which is Thursday, May the 9th, and that evening you can pay whatever you'd like mm. to see a preview. Oh. So That's right. Uh, and how much are tickets normally? Uh, tickets are $25, uh, whether it's through the uh, through the phone number or yeah. at the door. Okay. And, um, Perfect. So hopefully everyone will check that out. It's time to announce next week's movie. And next week is our first Versus, right. where we'll be watching an original and a remake of the same film also, and discussing which is better let me worse. just say that this is me and Joey's biggest fight we've ever had in our whole entire relationship. It's true, but which is better? We're going to be watching 1979's Dawn of the Dead, which ties in nicely. Perfect. And 2004's uh, inferior version of mm, Dawn of the Dead. I'm sure people can probably figure where we stand on those. Yep. I think so, because I'm brilliant and you're lame. <sighs> I'm going to punch you so hard. You would have anyway. Okay, so thanks for uh, listening. And Nicole, I just want to say that I think that you're going to make a wonderful contribution to society. Uh. <laughs> yes. All right, well, Will, thanks for joining us. Nicole, uh, from all of us here at Brighter Creature, I'm Joy G. I'm Nicole G. Y'all stay scary now. Kissy, kissy. How could this woman ever decide to wed this man